Hi, I'm Stubaka, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon, and you should too at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners to episode 38 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George. Hey, how's it going, guys? We have had a great start to the new year. One of the most amazing things that's happened is those of us that like uh, or stats nerds and we like to look at the stats is listenership on this podcast like blew up in the last like six weeks or so like doubled in December I'm over the moon I couldn't be any happier about it (laughs) I think it's just that people are discovering the quality and the value of listening to us coming to their senses is what yeah (laughs) yeah Keep telling yourself that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Or they just happen to find this thing and they're just like, yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? I think somebody's mouse button was stuck. That's what I I think happened. (laughs) (laughs) This will kill 40 minutes. Like the book was laying on the keyboard and it just kept hitting the enter button time and time and time. (laughs) It was one person. Like 10,000 podcasts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's all right. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We're not, we're not greedy. (laughs) Since we have so many new listeners, I wanted to, first of all, welcome. Welcome them and thank them for uh, for finding us and checking us out. And uh, from the stats, it looks like you're even checking out back uh, episodes and looking at our old stuff. Not only do I want to welcome you, I thought it was a great time to real quickly. Uh, we have a bunch of stupid like inside jokes that we use or references that I thought oh. we should uh, talk about or refresh again. For instance, we talk about our fourth listener all the time, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Our most valued listener ever. Might have been like the <laughs> maybe the first or second episode. It just was an off the cuff thing. We were joking like who the hell is going to listen to us do this? And we said, well, there's the three of us. Yeah. There's bound to be at least like one more person that might listen to us. And that's our fourth listener. If you're listening now, you are our that fourth, fourth listener. listener. Yes. We can count on at least four of us. Each of us will listen that's once right. and you. So thank you. Right. Yeah. Whenever we talk about the fourth listener, we're talking directly to you. That's right. We also have a, a system we use when we're talking about games called the Corey system. Corey. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> And, you know, we often use it in an offhanded way. We don't explain it. And just the Corey system simply is we have a good friend and a friend of the show named Corey. And when he buys games off of Steam, his policy is he won't buy a game unless he feels he can get an hour per dollar out of it. And so every time we kind of talk about a game, we say, are we going to get our Corys out of it? Will we get that dollar per hour uh, rate? And uh, not all games stack up to the Corey system, except free ones always do. So that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Even some free ones aren't worth it. Yeah, (laughs) right. Unless it sucked my life away and then it's a negative. But otherwise. Yeah, but we thought it was a good chance since we had so many new people listening to kind of refresh that stuff. So we're not uh, talking inside jokes and like, what the hell are these dudes talking about? Well, if we have all these new people, did we get any iTunes reviews out of any of these new listeners? It's funny you should ask. We did. It's <laughs> funny I should ask. Look at what that. Almost like I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> we did get a new iTunes review. Uh, we actually have a new friend of the show and a partner, uh, Metal Ninja Studios, and they left us a new iTunes review. Five stars. Of course. Nice. Of course. The title is four Gen Xers dot 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 and everyone else. That check must have passed the bank. <laughs> did you clear? What did you pay? Wait, you you paid him off too? Oh, you paid him off? I thought it was my turn to pay him off. Damn it. Now oh, we're geez. paying him off twice. They're triple dipping because I paid him as well. So, so <laughs> oh, the, no. uh, the, review, <laughs> the review reads, this podcast is marketed as a great blast of nostalgia for people who grew up in the 70s and 80s. But I grew up in the 90s and I love it all the same. These guys sound like great friends who have a legit 
legitimate passion for geek media, including toys, games, tech, etc. Well, they every nailed part it. But the great friends. I mean, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We're longtime friends. Whether we're great friends or not is debatable, I guess. So. Long term. Yeah. Long term. And the friends word, you know, that's kind of debatable as well. I thought we all loved each other, George. Well, Am I learning this for did. the first time here? Every time you send me that check, I love you very much. All the more. All right. <laughs> so thanks, Metal Ninja Studios, for giving us iTunes review. Uh, hey, hey, you new, new listeners, if you haven't yet given us a review, you, we sure do appreciate it. It uh, helps people find the show like you found us. So yeah. pop on over there. I know it's a uh, it's not easy. It's a hard yeah, ship. No, the really. iTunes app is not friendly. Yeah, we appreciate it even more because we know it's like an effort to go do this. <laughs> That's right. It's, yep. it's not like I was a listening to a podcast thing. the other day. Apparently, Stitcher also does some reviews that might be beneficial. Oh. So anybody out there who gets us through Stitcher, give us a review on Stitcher as well. Yeah, we'll take it. If, you're long, yeah, if you'd like to bitch about us, do it in any venue you like. We'll take it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of cool stuff stacked up, so I say let's get on with the show. Sounds good. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Peter Paul, I'm a joy's got nuts. Peter Paul, mounts don't. Because sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. I don't have a lot to talk about in media, mostly because you guys took all my topics away from me. Wow. So, <laughs> okay. You know, we'll I share. feel kind of left out now that, you know, I was Johnny come lately to adding my stuff to the list. So I guess it's my own fault. That's <laughs> so, right. Snooze, you lose. Yeah, I know. So, George, talk about something I haven't seen yet or have. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the last episode, we talked a little bit on our Looking Forward segment that I was looking forward to the Titan Games, which is a new TV game show competition show that's produced by The Rock. And I finally mm -hmm. got a chance to watch episode number one with my family. And I'll tell you, it's right in the same vein of another one of those types of shows that I really love, American Ninja Warrior. Mm -hmm. This is a competition show. It brings out great stories of the these people, they're like firefighters and a person who's missing a leg because he lost it in a war in Afghanistan, fighting for yeah. the country and that kind of stuff. The thing that's different than American Ninja Warrior, these people are all in direct competition with one another. So each round, each mm. game is two people competing against each other to in order to get to the next round. And then the final round is this big Mount Olympus stage battle where they have to go up and down this giant mountain with all these obstacles. I mean, they're pushing like 750 pounds worth of metal up the mountain on these wow. rollers Jeez. and they're punching holes in walls in order to make footholds to climb yeah. up. Knocking down <laughs> a 1,000 pound wall. Yeah, I mean just ridiculous <laughs> feats of strength. These are all super athletes. Sometimes in the American Ninja Warrior, you can have a guy who like he's a construction worker and that's what he does and so he's got some good grip strength and he runs up and he can hang on the side of the wall and swing from you know rope to rope or whatever they do but this is, no, these are high quality quality athletes, but it's the story that shines through. But man, has this show been well produced and they are going to tie it in. So each week at the end of the episode, when two people are crowned as a Titan, a man and a woman, then they get to stay on the show until the end of the season when all the Titan winners will compete to become the oh, ultimate wow. oh, champion wow. yeah. at the end. The one caveat, though, they still haven't told what that person might win. In these type of competition shows, you expect like a, a monetary oh, really? prize okay. or something. They haven't said anything it's about just the that title. in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it's going on. I mean, maybe it is just the title, but I still love the show so far. It's a lot of fun. And man, are some of these challenges ridiculously hard. There's something about Dwayne Johnson that he has this persona that he can like do sappy, cheesy stuff without looking sappy and cheesy almost. He's just got he some kind of charisma. He does it. 
Yeah, know? he does. Yeah, right, right, right. He leans into the whole persona. I mean, if you look at him as an individual, as an actor, it stems from how he chose to make the transition from wrestling into films. One of his earliest film roles was as a gay muscle for hire in the Be Cool series. Remember that? Mm-hmm, that right. Be Cool movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. He took that role and just dove in head first to it. That's not something you would have seen like a Hulk Hogan or a Roddy Piper when they were transitioning over from the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. They would never have taken that role. That type of humor and self-deprecation that makes him so lovable. Yeah. I'll tell you, the, uh, the thing that got me with this, I mean, I watched him too and I thought it was pretty fun. And, he's, and like you said, the challenges were just freaking ridiculous. I mean, just ridiculous. The thing that got me is like, like two of the backstories of the people and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, do I root for the Afghanistan veteran who lost his leg or do I root for the guy whose mom had cancer? And <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, like, either way, you're an asshole. It's yeah, like, exactly. you're not rooting for that person? <laughs> Could you? Know. And I wonder how like the person who beat the man who had like only one leg, I'm like, oh my God, you must have felt like crap. I mean, it's like- Right, right. <laughs> Even though you have that, like, who do I root for? I find myself rooting for both of them as the king camera switches so when the camera's on yeah. the one guy i'm rooting for that guy to do well when it's on the other person i'm rooting for that person to do well the one that i saw that was a little different on this show than like ninja warriors and all the other stuff is that almost all these challenges all seem to be just basically strength stuff sure like yeah they're all pure, pure strength, strength challenges yeah. challenges so far be a beast yeah yeah i mean but seriously these people i mean the women holy crap and oh the, yeah that's that, the other thing. one thing i like about it is that the challenges they don't change them between men and women no it's the same challenge it's the same object Objects, they have to do the same thing. So if it's a thousand pound wall for the man, it's a thousand pound wall yeah. for the woman. No, the thing is a woman only compete against women and men against men. But yeah, but either one though, it's like they don't change it for either side, which I really like actually. So great show. If you like feel good stuff, you're definitely going to get plenty of that out of it. It's got a lot of that strength and competition. So if you like that as well, and the rock is on every episode, he's announcing each one of the legs. So if you like the rock, not just the figurehead that they used in the promos. What about you, John? Have you been watching anything this time? Well, you know, you were looking forward to the Titan games in the last episode. I was also looking forward (laughs) to something that wasn't quite as high quality. Maybe I (laughs) (laughs) didn't have as good of momentum or reviews behind it. No, it really didn't. Remember, I really wanted to see that Holmes and Watson film, the Sherlock Holmes film with John C. Riley and Will Ferrell, but sure. it was, as you mentioned, it not doing well in the review state, <laughs> like a two, three percent or something. <laughs> I find it interesting too that you list John C. Riley first, and the rest of the world lists Will Ferrell first. He's going to wreck it. That's right. I know. That's, right. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> But because it was doing so poorly, I said it was a challenge to me. I wanted to see it, uh, just like to see if I could find something redeeming in it. So, of course, I gave Mo a call because he lives here locally to me. And Mo said, oh, hell no, I'm passing. (laughs) Not quite that way. (laughs) He he wouldn't even see it. Wow. Actually, one of our patrons, a friend of ours and big supporter of the show, Marcus, lives here in town. So I called him and said, would you see this with me? And he's like, well, since I have the AMC movie pass and it's free, sure, I'll go. It's barely good enough for free. It's <laughs> just right. I get three free movies a week. And so yeah, I guess I'll waste one on this thing with you. <laughs> <laughs> After we saw it, though, I said, hey, Marcus, would you like to be on the show and talk about your experience of seeing it? And he said, yeah, I would love to. So he and I sat down and we recorded a little bit of us talking about seeing it uh, that I want to share with you now, if that's OK. OK, sure. I've got Marcus here with me now. Hey, Marcus. Hey, John. How are you doing, man? Uh, so what did you think when I called you to say, let's go see Holmes and Watson? Well, I had bad real estate dealings this morning, so I've had a bad day. So I was looking forward to laughing about something. <laughs> Either laughing to the humor or laughing with how bad it was. Either one, right? <laughs> right. And I was definitely in. I, I you know. <laughs> 
So Holmes and Watson, now I think it's sitting at like a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so I didn't think it was as horrible as some films I have seen. What did you think about it? I, it wasn't horrible. I wasn't mad about seeing it. It definitely, <laughs> <laughs> it definitely wasn't the best movie I'd ever seen, but certainly far from the worst. You know, there were stories this week about people leaving 15 minutes in. Yeah, like walk, for demanding refunds. refunds and walking out. That's crazy. To me, there are three things I specifically liked about it. Okay. And one of them was uh, towards the final third. So those people absolutely missed out. They missed out, yeah. They missed out by trying to leave too early. What was it in the final act (laughs) that blew you away? So Holmes decides he's found the man he loves and he's going to bust out in a song. (laughs) And he's walking through the streets of London. It reminded me of Belle and Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right. The song was actually pretty good. Like a Disney-esque kind of like a two-part harmony and they're singing on top of each other and around almost. Yeah, it was awesome. It was definitely not an auditory dynamo at all. Not a treat for the ears. No, no, <laughs> no. no. But it's the, the ludicrosity of it is what struck me as funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and again, it, the song itself was very well done. It was, it was, um, yeah, yeah. If sung by people who could sing, it had been even better. But yeah, that's, right. Still okay. that's right. <laughs> it was not well written. It was not no. well directed. It was not well edited. <laughs> I mean, but I laughed. I had fun, actually. I did. Like I said, there are three things that I'm going to take from it. <laughs> and the, there's the song and there are, there's a joke at the beginning that mm-hmm. I really liked. And then and then there's some meme bait about there's halfway some meme through. Bait. Yep. That's right. And I'll promise you. A screenshot in that. Yep. I'm going to find that. I hope I don't have to wait for the Blu-ray to find that screenshot. Now, I wouldn't recommend this to a friend. Like, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You have to actively <laughs> want to see it like we did, right? You, you can't. That's right. I mean, I kind of drug you into this. I appreciate you volunteering yourself. Oh, it's no problem. So, Marcus, you, you've seen enough of our stuff. You know our token system. Right. How many tokens would you give Holmes and Watson? I'm, I'm going to give a half token for each of the things I took away from it. So <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> one and a half token. <laughs> there we go. I think that's fair. That's pretty fair. I would agree with you. A token and a half is about what this film is worth. And frankly, if it wasn't Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, it's probably a half token film. Oh, but absolutely. if you like seeing them do the ludicrous garbage they're doing, token and a half. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. Now, Marcus, before I let you go, I got to real quickly uh, take advantage of the fact that I've, I'm talking with you here for the show uh, and ask you about the fact that you've been a huge advocate of Gen X Grown Up. And in fact, you backed us on Patreon. Absolutely. I wonder if you could talk to anybody who was listening. Oh, yeah. Why did you choose to financially back Gen X Grown Up? What was your motivation? Why did you want to do that? Well, I genuinely look forward to Thursday mornings getting up and listening to the podcast. <laughs> no joke. It is as well done as anything I've heard in, oh, in the podcast. Yeah. The podcast podcasts are, are just amazing. So when the call went out, there was no way. And you know, the thing you say at the end of the show where you're like, if uh, you have a friend who's not listening to Gen X grown up, well, why not? <laughs> why not? Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I think to myself all the time, if people just would hear you guys one time, really anybody <laughs> our age that appreciates the things and the, just the simple time of just being 10, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just love it. And I told you before I wrote a review and it was after listening to one of your podcasts, y'all were talking about something completely different. And George got to talking about a toy. And as George <laughs> is talking about the toy, he's talking about it was a yellow boat mm-hmm. and the little guy in the toy oh, with yeah. the yellow boat and playing in the sand. You could almost hear George being a kid and watching himself in the third person. 
<laughs> you know, yep. you could almost see. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. You know, it was out of body for him as he's explaining it. Yeah. And really, to me, uh, when people say, uh, "What would you like?" Man, I wish I could be ten again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great time to grow up in that era, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just a great time. And I really, you guys are, you come from different backgrounds and certainly different background from me. I appreciate just the appreciation you guys have for what it was like to be younger and the time that we were growing up. Got to testify. That's right. Represent. <laughs> That's right. People like you or the reason we do it. And now because of you backing us, you're the reason we're able to do it. So that's, that's awesome. So thank you. Anytime. Anytime. And thanks for joining me to see Holmes and Watson. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. Like I said, I needed it. That was great, man. That, that was, was funny. really cool. So I have one question for you, John. Oh, all right. Okay. If you went into this movie blind, like didn't know anything about the reviews, had no idea, just totally blind, would you okay. still have given it one to have tokens? Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I, I believe so. I'm, I'm assuming that there's some management of expectations in there, you know, because... That's really fair. Yeah, definitely you go in... I told you I was going in looking for something to like in it. So maybe the poor ratings made me... It, I was cheering for it. I wanted it to do well. But even like that, I only gave it one and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like I told Marcus, it's I wouldn't wish it on you, but it's worth <laughs> seeing for a few humorous nuggets. Watch it in the background, you know, later when it comes out on DVD or streaming or something. Yeah, don't throw it away but you're not going to want to rewatch it probably. Okay, fair enough. Now, George, you had one more thing you want to talk about that I think is very deserving of our discussion. Yeah, but I don't really want to talk about it now because we were just all having fun and laughing and this is going to be a very sad discussion. I don't, I don't know that I want to talk about this anymore. I'd argue sad in a happy way, though. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, okay. So the Orville has finally made its way back to our airwaves. Yay. And I loved the first season. It was it was an interesting show because it took an episode or two for it to grab hold of me and want to keep it watching did. it. It was about three episodes mm-hmm. of not yeah. kind of being goofy and dumb. And they kind of like got traction, fourth or fifth episode, and then got awesome. Yeah. It was like they, at first, they weren't sure if they were going to be a comedy or if they were going to be right. a drama with some comedy moments. And it kept going. 100%. Back and forth. I like how they finally developed the show that there are serious, weighty topics, but with mm-hmm. real world humor infused into it. So that's, that's the yeah, awesome. difference for love me. It. I love that part about Orville. However, I'm a little pissed right now. <laughs> I get it. So get this it. episode, the Orville episode home, it had a smorgasbord of Star Trek alumni it that did. was featured throughout this episode. We had Alara was the main focus in this episode. She went back home in order to help her cure a disease that we, well, not a disease, I guess it's like a condition more than a disease, but something that our real life astronauts face every time they go to space for an extended period of time. So she needs to go back home. Her parents are both Star Trek alum. Then the people who visit the house during the episode, there's a Star Trek alumnus there. Yeah, two different doctors actually on that episode. Two different doctors, right? Yeah, Yeah. it was really cool. Uh Yeah. Um, So you have one doctor who was from Voyager. He was our holographic doctor. And then you had the other doctor was from the ill-fated Enterprise TV show. It was uh, John Billingsley. He was Flocks, right? Right. I enjoyed the episode, but I didn't see what was going to happen at the end. I didn't know any of the rumors. I went back and looked Mm -hmm. afterwards and saw, oh, there's all these. Really? So Alara has now left the show. And she's gone permanent. This is it. She decides to go back home and reconnect with her family is what the character does. I know that there are plans to bring a new character on the show to replace her. That's also from the same planet. So it should provide the same dynamic. But Mm -hmm. to me, 
I don't know. I don't think I like that because Alara was one of the my favorite characters to watch on the show. I really enjoyed her female character a lot more than the second in command's female character. I'll tell you, there's a couple of things that take away from this that I first of all, Star Trek the Next Generation had a very similar parallel where they lost their female chief of security early in the oh, show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think they could take a hell of a lesson from the Orville and how the Orville did it. You know, they just kind of offhandedly killed Tasha Yar and I think the early second oh, yeah, season like or ran- late first season. It was like season. random when she died. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, evil. That was a terrible yeah, that's right. way yeah. to kill her. This like said, you know what? This this actor is going to leave. This character is leaving. They showcased her. It made me love her even more. So when she left, I don't know about you, but I cried like a bitch at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And are you kidding me? This is the Orville. Yep. This is this Absolutely. is a funny space show. <laughs> There's what no you doing, reason Orville? to lose a main character season two like this especially early yeah. season two uh, you're right <laughs> that it parallels tasha yar i mean you know what i really don't like is that they're going to replace her with another character from the same planet it, you're not going to you. revive that actress it's not going to happen it's going to be a different dynamic it's a different person in the role they're going to have different sensibilities different deliveries they're going to have different interactions emotionally with the other characters i think they made a misstep i don't feel as bad about it as you do i actually see it as oh this is like how real life works like we love this yeah. person and they have to move away they have to quit a job you know you're a coworker and they leave that's life and it sucks i get what you're saying why you're replacing her with the exact same kind of templated character. Right. But I like that they didn't kill her off, which is great. Uh, It's actually meaningful. She left because she wanted to. She reconnected with her family. It was a happy exit for her. Uh, And I'm not going to give away the very, very tail end, which was almost like it was as if they were setting this up to punch me in the feels here at the end of this episode for two years. (laughs) And um, I didn't see it coming. And it was, I'm choking up thinking about it now. It was a fantastic last coda at the end. And like, wow, they really put a bow on that character. And if that gift doesn't appear in his office on the shelf for the rest of ever, I'm going to be pissed off because that oh, yeah. belongs now Absolutely. as a permanent prop. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say what it does. I'm not going to ruin it. And I think, Mo, you haven't actually seen it yet. I know we nope. ruined the fact that she's leaving, but no, that's okay. I can deal with that. There's plenty to see. There's plenty of great stuff that there's twists in it that we haven't told you. Uh, I think it was one of the best episodes they've had, despite the fact that we lost this cool character. Well, I can see what I'm going to be doing right after we're done here. Besides that. <laughs> no kidding. I'm going like, to watch it again. Are, though, the thing I, I'm trying to get my head around, because as a character, I liked her because she was like the, the night Eve one, I guess. A little bit, yeah. A bit. Like they always explain things to her. Like they're the ones that she always had to be explained what was kind of yep. going on and what was happening and stuff. Trying to fill that hole, I think, is not going to be easy. And she was such a relatable character because the whole yeah. point of her was uh, on her planet, she was seen as kind of weak and kind of right. not yeah. as bright as everyone or whatever. And here on the Orville, she's like the strongest person there is. And they, <laughs> right. everybody relies she's amazing. on her. amazing, right. Yeah. And it, yet it's something that she never got out of her home life. And that kind of shifts for her during this episode and makes her want to be home, which is... What an amazing character arc for her. I hope we see her again. I guess maybe the actress had more stuff to do. Is that the reason why she left? Or She she does. She has some stuff coming up, some new projects, a new film that she's working on. She's going to be on an episode of that new Magnum P.I. revival and a few yeah. other things. So she's definitely become the darling of Hollywood right now and good reason. Oh, she's good a her. tremendous actress. Yeah. yeah. I think that she's trying to explore her other possibilities is probably why she's leaving the show, but it still doesn't diminish the fact that I'm really sad that I'm not going to get to see her character develop further on the show. You know, and kudos to Seth MacFarlane. You know, he could easily have been you know, a petty bitch and said, fine, we're killing her off. Right. Yeah. But he respects actors and uh, actresses that I've learned that about him just reading about him, the people he works with, which is why people work with him again and again. He wants to support her, let her do her thing. And so they said, you know what? The door is open for her to come back, maybe do something else. The Orville overall, though, has just and it just it, it might be one of my one of my top five shows that I watch every single week. I can't wait for it to come. Yeah, back. it's yeah, pretty I'm, good. I'm surprised that they haven't canceled it yet <laughs> because 
because I like it so much. Yeah, exactly. Right. Maybe I should shut up. Because I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, okay, this this is a show that has heart. It's a smart show. After especially after the first few episodes. Yep. They kind of found their voice. You know, the humor is now built around the characters, not slapstick. All right, time to kill it. What what network is this thing on? Fox. Uh oh. No. Watch out. Easy. Look out. It's a science fiction show that we love on Fox. We're screwed. Careful. Exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised we got three episodes into season two. (laughs) I'm surprised we got a season two. (laughs) Introducing the Kodak Instant Camera with a twist. Meet the crank. Imagine instant pictures with color. Color. Color by Kodak. Just crank, crank, crank. And in minutes, you get bright, colorful, instant pictures with a textured satin luxe finish. Could you use a helping hand on your next electronics project? Quad Hands is the ultimate third-hand helping hands vice and hobby station. The first thing you'll notice is how heavy a quad hands is. It's made from solid steel and then coated with a baked-on powder coat for a durable finish. And the rubber feet are going to keep it from sliding on your bench and give you a nice, sturdy work surface. Those flexible all-metal gooseneck arms feature rotating alligator clips to hold your boards and wires firmly in place. And removable silicone covers come pre-installed on those clips to protect those delicate wires and boards. And those arms can be put anywhere you need them, no fumbling around with awkward joints that are difficult to position. The Quad Hands was designed to help you do your best work. It's built to last right here in the USA and backed by a lifetime guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Order yours today from Amazon or quadhands.com. Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners can save 20%. Just use offer code GENXUP20. That's G-E-N-X-U-P-2-0. For your next project, let a quad hands hold what your hands create. It's time now for our segment where we talk about cool technology and toys and uh, gadgets that we like to uh, collect and play with. And George, you have something right off the top that you want to share with us. Yeah, well, I'm still living off of my Christmas bonanza, so to speak. <laughs> your, your swag you barrel this year. Like, in order to have stuff to talk about during the podcast. So this year I got a couple of really cute little pop vinyls. The first one that I wanted to talk about, I finally got a Gremlins pop vinyl. Oh, really? Yeah. Which character? Is it actually the Gremlin? Or- yeah. I, I, Gizmo. There's only one character when you're talking about gremlins. It's Gizmo. You can't have any well, other characters. You gotta have the, the evil. No, gremlin. not Stripe. You can't have Stripe. No, when Pop Vinyl, <laughs> it's got to be Gizmo. I love Gizmo. When I was a kid, I named a pet Gizmo. You need the darkness point. for the light to be worthwhile. You need them both to get. He shines <laughs> yeah. so bright. He needs no other darkness. Oh, he doesn't need he the darkness. Just okay. okay. <laughs> so if you get him wet, what happens? Well, that's a whole different kind of show, and I don't think he'll never to know because he won't take here. it out of the box. Never <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> so I got Gizmo. I really like him. He's super cute, but he is a diamond dozen. There's 20 other million pops that are just as cute as he is. The one pop vinyl that I really enjoyed that was kind of a surprise I didn't expect was I got an 8-bit pop vinyl from somebody who happens to be on this show recently. I got one Merry of the Christmas. Teenage Mutant Turtles. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love those 8-bit pop vinyls. They're yeah, so cute. I haven't seen that before. So that was really neat. I like him. He's still in the box. Even though the box was a little damaged, which is probably why John gave it to me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I saw it now. No. Right. I was like, screw this one. I don't need a damaged box on my beautiful I'll get myself a good one. Finals. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just throw this one over to George. He doesn't matter. You get my runoff. (laughs) But it's cute. It's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, so it's got the whole comic book tie-in to me. You know, we did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one on one of our back issue episodes of Drawn and Paneled. Mm -hmm. So just getting that over Christmas just made my 
day. He's up in a really nice place on one of my shelves right now. So oh, cool. I, I love him. Yeah. So you didn't tell Grace that you liked it more than like what she got you, right? No, no. Oh, no. Well, that's, that's why know. George is still married. He knows better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not to mention the fact that she's not thinking of anything. She's just looking at my Amazon wish list and going, OK, I'll buy this and this and this and this. And this. <laughs> so there's no thought into it for her. John actually took some time to think about it so that I can rag her on. I'm like, see, John oh. actually takes time to think about what I would like. <laughs> see, Nell Ninja was right. We are longtime friends who genuinely care about one another, despite what George may say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, John, I got to ask you about a piece of tech that you recently bought. You talked a little bit about it. I know you've talked to us about it off the air quite a bit. You finally sucked up and bought one of those dash cams for your car. What's going on with that thing? I sure did. Yeah. Many episodes ago, I was talking about during our, I think it was our tech section, maybe you're looking forward. You're right. But I said, I'm looking for a dash cam. I want, it's a toy that I want to play with. And you might remember maybe way back after last Christmas, I told you that we have this kind of tradition in our family that once Christmas is over and all the glitter clears, if there's something you didn't get, you then go and buy yourself a post Christmas present. And that's what I bought <laughs> for myself this year. I bought myself a dash cam finally. I won't go into all the details of how you research it. We talked about that on the previous show and you can look that up in the archives if you care, but there's so many options. And finally, I just, I was overwhelmed. I just decided, let me pick one that has some options as like a starter dash cam, you know, mm -hmm. like something to find out what you like and don't like about it. So I got this dash cam by this company I'd never heard of called Each Pie. E-A-C-H-P-A-I, each pie. I don't know. It's like huh. it's like a hundred mm, okay. bucks. It's a dual dash cam. Front and back are both 1080p. Okay. No, oh, okay. I, I mounted it in my car and I am having a hell of a lot of fun with this dash cam. <laughs> does it have a camera that has like a long cable that you run to your trunk or something? Or how does it do the reverse? Like the front I get, you know, but. The, yeah, yeah. That, that's a great question. Cam? There are some that do what you're describing where you have a secondary camera that looks out the back. My two cameras, one is looking at the interior cabin. So it sees me and my other passengers. And the front one looks out and sees traffic. They oh, do make the ones okay, that I actually look out the back window, which is something I kind of would like to get now that I played with this one a little bit. Because sometimes you want to bitch about the guy behind you and people can't see it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and what I didn't expect when I got it, I thought maybe I'll see some stuff, you know, drive around. If I ever see an accident, that's great. But in reality, wow. one of the things I found, <laughs> yeah, I know. if I, I ever see that, an accident, like, that's great. No, no, that's, that's I, really no, no, I, okay. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm not that. If that there's cruel. a dismemberment, then hey, that's a hundred times better. You know? <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on that. I get what I'm saying is I enjoy watching dash cam videos showing like silly fender benders, not like damaging, painful die accidents. Just the ones where <laughs> really dummies do like, stuff and you like see these. Accidents. I hope you don't get like some kind of a kidney dialysis machine for Christmas or something like. Oh, I can't wait till somebody's kidney fails. Oh, <laughs> I'm really getting painted into the corner as an evil person, but I. I <laughs> tried to say is that I enjoyed watching those things. And I thought if I ever caught any of those, you know, dummies turning wrong and running into somebody that would make for something to show someone because it's hard to explain all of that. But what I'm really finding out is even today, before I had a dash cam, I'm constantly criticizing and yelling at people in traffic that do stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're and watching so, yourself, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, so I started pulling that stuff <laughs> off. And let me tell you, just 
a, a shameless plug that I actually created my own dedicated YouTube channel where I'm putting these compilations of stupid crap I see on my dash cam that I'm you sharing have another out YouTube channel people. outside. Yeah, I didn't even see that yet, George. Yep. No, I, I he didn't the tell first me. One already. So we'll put a link down in the show notes if you want to check it out. It's just a place for me to screw around and criticize dumb drivers I see here in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, there's plenty of them here. So it's easy. You're right. It's easy to find. And I'm having a blast <laughs> with it. What I'm really finding is that I lucked out. I really got a great dash cam to start with that isn't the most amazing thing in the world, but it does everything you need to get you started and let you learn, like I hope, as being a starter dash cam. Have you ever had the experience where somebody did something stupid in traffic and you come home and try to explain it to your spouse or to your daughter or somebody? And it's like, well, imagine, you know, where that turn lane does this weird thing or whatever. Well, now I can just go here. Look, here's the dumb thing that somebody did in traffic. When I saw the video, you know, I, I saw the YouTube video you put up. Yeah, I had flashbacks of Black Mirror. <laughs> what? You know, the show where the person like says, oh, you won't believe what my boss said today. And they have, they show the recording. Oh, where everything's recorded. Where right. everything's recorded. Yeah. I was like, that's what I do. Like, you know, I can see John's like, you won't believe what this traffic guy today. You're Oh, here it is. You know, you can watch there it. You go. I was like, okay, we're step one step closer to that. So I just keep it rolling all the time, which is what it does naturally. And if you ever want to save a clip, you reach up and push a button and it puts it into the right protect. And then when I feel like I have 10 or 12 of those clips, I bring it in and edit it together and throw it up there for other people to mock. That's what I'm doing with it. <laughs> oh, those golden grahams. Oh, those golden grahams. Crispy, crunchy graham cereal family breakfast treat. Have you ever wondered what it would be like if Toy Story was a slasher? What if Peter Pan required a sacrifice to get into Neverland? The Dusk County Chronicles, the first official release from Metal Ninja Studios, is set for release in mid-2019. It's a horror parody mini-anthology that takes your favorite childhood stories and dreams and twists them into nightmares. This comic is perfect for anyone who loves reliving the stories of their youth while also seeing them in a new light. Visit MetalNinjaStudios.com slash GenXGrownUp to read the first two stories and sign up to get notified first when the comic comes out in mid-2019. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Generation X proudly brings to you Gen X Grown Up segment of games. Let's talk all about video games. John, hit us up with what you're playing. Welcome to the big top. <laughs> <laughs> we got a car for you. <laughs> it's got its own dash cam. <laughs> it does. <laughs> the first game I want to talk about is not a video game. It is a board game. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Switching it up on us. Going old school. I am. Double old school. So I saw this game. I forget where I saw it. I actually had it on my Amazon wish list for a long time. And I was walking through Target and saw it on Super Sale. I think normally it's like you know, 25 bucks and it was 15 bucks or something. I picked it up. This is a board game called Monster Crunch. Monster Crunch. Is it like cereal yeah. based? What is it? Uh-huh. It is based on our General Mills monsters. No way. You got way, your really? You like got your Cap Chocula. You got your Fruit Brute. Yeah, it is. So all those five different monster cereals are each characters in this game. The point of Monster Crunch is to get the most cereal in your bowl. Oh, that's funny. Now, is it like Hungry Hungry Hippos kind of drag stuff No, over? no, no. It... Here's what I like about this game. It would be easy to hate this. We love picking up nostalgia-based things. That's why they make them, because suckers like us buy them. Right. <laughs> and we have a couple that I picked up. One of them that was terrible was a card game based on Burger Time, which was a mindless, basically, you're playing war. It, it didn't have to be based on Burger Time at all. It was 
stupid. But then we also, you remember that we have that dice rolling Space Invaders game. Yeah, it was a really actually fun game, actually. takes the mechanics and the rules of Space Invaders and translates it. Now, there are no elements of Monster Crunch, other than they taste good, that we could put into the game, but they actually put a meaningful game around this. It wasn't just a cash grab where they slap the General Mills monsters onto a game. It's a really fun game. It's similar to games you've played. It has a little bit of a card game called FU, which you know exactly what mm-hmm. that stands for. Mm. It's very similar in some ways to a game that uh, George and I, we've played a lot in our life called The Great Dal Moody. Oh, oh Great yeah. Dal Moody. I played that yeah. one. Oh, sure. There's tons of strategy in this game where you have a hand of cards and you have someone plays and you have to play the same card or higher next. And then you have cartons of milk that are your superpowers that let you combine cards together. And every single monster has a couple of monster power cards that he can use that change up the game in some way that you only use once per game. Like I think Count Chocula has a way that he can reverse things. So you have to start playing cards this number or lower uh, and mix it up. Or uh, I think Booberry has a free way to combine cards without using your milk. And it's well balanced and What I like the most about it is that it's actually skill-based. It's not what random card did I draw. It's predict, you know, what will my competitors do? Did they play their lowest card or the highest card yet? Can I screw them over and get them stuck with too many cards in their hand? And the fact that it has those (laughs) serial monsters on it makes it all the more charming. Didn't have to be, but I'm glad that they use it on a game like this. And it's it's something I can't wait for the three of us to play. So is it like a new game or is it just a a reboot of an old it is definitely a brand new game. It's not a reboot. Oh, okay. It has elements of other games, but it's a fresh new thing. Like it's not a rebrand and where they stuck the stuff on, like you were talking about, like where they take Battleship and all of a sudden they make it Star Trek Battleship. No, or something no, like no, that. no. It's not uh, Plants vs. Zombies Monopoly. It's not right. just okay. your skin <laughs> on something. Right. This is a whole brand new game, but happens to be based around this with elements of games you've known, but they really give it the flavor of these monsters in this fictional serial universe doing this thing. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think we'll have a good time with it. Sounds good, man. So, Mo, what have you been checking out? It's some expansion on something you've been playing before, right? Yeah, this is like a a game actually is called XCOM 2. I don't know if you guys ever played it, but I just freaking love this game. I know the name. That's as far as I can say. Well, it came out a few years ago. Just real quick. What it is, it's basically Aliens Evade Earth and it's all squad-based combat, but you take turns. So you move your guys, tell them who to shoot and then the aliens go. And it's all done like kind of a 3D isometric kind of you. Well, it's like on a grid and you have to determine, you know, move yeah. distance and, and you fire can move distance. Yeah. Here. You put your sure, sure. altitude okay. changes. Some, and it's just, I like it. It's just super fun. And it's a game where you actually kind of get attached to your squad. I mean, you have replacement people, but when people die, you get pissed off. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the thing I really like, I said the original XCOM 2 must have come out probably three years ago. And then they came out with an expansion with quotes around it last year that was basically an entire new game. Now, you reviewed that on the YouTube channel, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And so now I went back and every now and then it's one of those games you just go back to every now and then and just sort of goof around in. It's comfortable. Yeah. They added a whole nother section in. And I was oh, like, okay. when did this happen? <laughs> now, was this a paid expansion or free? No, it, or? it, was, it was all there. Oh, it was a neat expansion because like there's XCOM and then there's XCOM 2. You know, this is like a sequel, right? So this takes place between the two games. So no. it's like at the end of XCOM 1, the aliens win, actually. And then a couple people escape. And now it's about the main guy and how he survived and made it to XCOM 2 to restart up the whole military unit again. So what do you call a sequel that's in the middle? We have a sequel that's after and a prequel that's before. A is there a, <laughs> a, 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 a midquel? A equal. It's just an equal. A mequel. I like right. that one. But it does, but it uses like all the new mechanics, though, of XCOM 2. So, but I just thought it was like a neat twist on it. And they also, they took out like... 
they you have to play in what they call Iron Man mode, which is you can't save in the middle of a mission. Oh, it's like right. hosted by Dwayne Johnson, the Iron Man mode. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can save in the middle of a mission, but you always come back to that exact same point. Like you can never go back. Oh, you can't like redo. You can't redo, which which is fine. I mean, like I said, it makes it that much more challenging, which is okay. You know, well, again, the stakes are higher. Then, you actually have to you have to like face the consequences of what you do. Then yeah, exactly. And there's some situations where you're like, okay, I know this person's gonna die, but okay. But it's, it's just a really fun game. I was really happy that they were still continuing to do work on it. Um, right now, I'm just waiting for XCOM 3 whenever that comes out. Do you remember what you paid for XCOM 2? I'm thinking of the Corey angle here. I know you got this DLC for oh, free. Geez. Uh XCOM 2, I think was that full at the price time I paid for it, it was probably, I got it, actually, I got it when it first came out because I loved XCOM. Uh, so I think I paid something like, it, was, it wasn't a very expensive game. It's like, well, relatively speaking, it was like $24, oh, if I remember correctly. Cheap. For a brand new game. You probably already had your quarries out of it before this oh, expansion, geez. didn't you? Well, for, just for the XCOM 2, wow. I had my quarries out of it. So this is just gravy. Yeah, exactly. And so it's a, it's a game that keeps giving that makes me very happy. No. Well, good on them. I, exactly. You know what? It's probably going to motivate you even more to buy the next sequel than XCOM 3 because oh, you know absolutely. that they support their games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's what I got going on. So how about you, George? Well, I've been playing a game that's been around for a long time. It's had multiple sequels. It's very popular right now, especially with the video games are going to make me money crowd kind of people. Esports. Yeah, right. Esports. I've been playing with my son. I've been playing a game called Super Smash Brothers. I am sure that everybody listening to this podcast right now has heard of this video game because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already love video games. Now, I've got to ask you, which Super Smash Brothers are you playing? Is it it an older one? Is it retro? Is it the brand new Switch one? I got no no, no. damn clue. No, no. It's on the Wii, the Wii U. It's on the new Switch. So whatever the latest version of it is. And the reason why we're playing it, my son wanted me to start playing the game. He's been teaching me how to play this game. And I want to point out that this is a 16-year-old boy teaching his 40-plus-year-old father how to play a video game. And the father grew up in the video game era. To me, that's just so meta that I'm like, my head's spinning (laughs) all the time. But the part that I really enjoy about it, it's a fighting-esque game. And I've played fighting games for years with John. And I want to point out that when you play a fighting game with John, he don't oh, teach you shit. No. He, he I show you which button hard knocks. You know? yeah. I'll keep killing you until you learn. I remember playing Mortal Kombat X against John, and he'll get that damn Ghost Rider character oh. who's got the chain that reaches all the way across the screen. No matter who you have, he just whip, whip, whip. Oh, you're dead. Yeah. Whip, or how about whip, Sub-Zero? Whip. Oh, you're Let's dead. Let's not forget that. Yeah, the yeah, Sub-Zero is just Zero. ridiculous. And there's a new Mortal Kombat coming out, too. Yeah, way. I know. Good and point. I won't play it because I don't like playing those games because you won't ever teach us anything he just like smashes 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 i always show you how to start again after i kill you i show you which button does that <laughs> yeah you show me the button to hit continue you do show me right. that yep it's a <laughs> my son actually took the time honest to goodness he went down did a lot of research on the terms and everything because he really wanted me to enjoy the experience not because he wanted me to be good not because he wanted some competition or anything like that he wanted me to enjoy the experience he went and did research he wrote down an entire class on what to teach me like okay there's three types of characters there's this type there's this type there's this type and here are the benefits and the cons to this type of character and blah 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 okay now let's talk through your different kinds of attacks and he walked me through the different kinds of attacks (laughs) and here's your different kinds of defenses and here's when it's smart to use these kind of defensive here and all this stuff back and forth and back and forth 
I had the absolute best time in that like 20 wow. to 30 minute Super Smash Brothers masterclass that I had with my 16 <laughs> year old son. It was by far one of my favorite gaming experiences of all time. And then I realized, wow, this generation does things completely different than our generation. Because when I play Galaga against them, I'm the same yeah. way John is with fighting games against us. I'm just like, oh, look, <laughs> look how I'm never getting destroyed. And look how you're getting destroyed every time you touch the joystick. But they're having such a good time teaching us about these video games, even though we grew up in the initial video game era. I'm still having a good time. <laughs> That's cool. It's, it's almost like they, a lot of the games these days, like especially esports kind of shaped ones, they are more of a platform that people look at in the long term. Not so much, I'm going to play this game, but how do I progress over time? And yeah, it was I a just lot can't of fun. wait to see you, you actually beat them. That's going to be fun. Well, I did actually. The, <laughs> oddly enough, Super Smash Brothers has three little platforms that you can stand on. Right. And yep. in this one game, I said, you know what? Let me stand up on the top one. And every now and then they'll jump up there and I'll just try and block or dodge or hit them maybe or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I'm just staying the hell out of it. They destroyed each other. And there then I went down against the son who's the best at the game. And he only had one life left. And I had three. It took me two lives, but I eventually killed him. <laughs> And There's I won nothing the wrong game. with winning by staying under the radar. That's yep. okay. <laughs> Where they say Asian treachery will always defeat youth and skill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Words to live by. I just dropped the joystick and walked out. Said, "That's it. I'm done." Not playing. I'm ever never playing again. again. All that's finished. A mic drop moment right <laughs> yep. there. You're like, okay. That's what you say. Like, okay, this game's getting boring. Oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Danny, it sounds like you've accidentally invented a thermochemical energy source. A scientific wonder becomes a nightmare. Someone's walking around with enough explosive to turn the city into a pancake. A power that could mark the beginning of the end for the six million dollar man. As we come into the back half of our show here, we definitely like to take a moment and talk about what we're looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And George, right on the heels of Super Smash Brothers, you were just talking about, you've got something related to that that you're looking forward to. My son has invited me to play with him in a Super Smash Brothers doubles tournament that's going to be taking place here in our hometown. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? Did you accept the, uh, the the challenge? Well, I had to. He's paying for it, so. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Like, okay, great. They're having this Super Smash Brothers tournament. I don't know how many people are going to be there. It's not a super expensive thing. It's like $10 per person to enter into this doubles tournament. So it's like 20 bucks for our team. But he's really looking forward to it. It's this coming Saturday, right after this episode drops. I am definitely looking forward to it. So I can't wait to get a chance to play and have a good time with my son who's been teaching me this game. We're going to have a lot more practice sessions to come. I'm sure that <laughs> with what happened in the last time we played in one of these, if you remember, John, we did it at mm -hmm. Pensacon. That's then. right. We played a doubles tournament. What happened then was the other two people that we were playing against, they ganged up and destroyed me really quickly. And then my right. son by himself. And he held his own all by himself. And got us yeah. into the next round. So I know. Nice. I figure it's going to be something similar to that. But right. yeah, I'm looking so forward if you, to it. So if you could just help a little, you'd probably do great. I know, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. He's, like, he's like, if you just don't fall off the platform in the first five minutes, that's we'll a win be great. for us. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mo? So I'm looking forward to uh, new Netflix. Netflix series, which is they're doing a Punisher season two that's coming out, uh, I think, on the 18th. Well, at least something survived in the Marvel Netflix universe. Good Lord. Yeah, really. Yeah, they kind of cleaned house there. At least they picked a good one. 
because I really liked the first season of Punisher. Mm-hmm. I think is the first time I thought they did the character justice in all the movies and all the other crap they've done. But they had the right actor, I think, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That made a huge difference. And uh, just the right attitude, the right atmosphere. So this next season is coming out on the 18th. And so I'm definitely going to be probably binging that sucker next weekend. Well, mm. I hope it survives the Marvel Netflix purge that's been going on I don't there. know, man. It's, it's, it's getting bad. I think it's the only thing left. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know, John, you're looking forward to a movie that I know I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah, on the, on the same day, the tomorrow, for those listening, the day after this podcast drops, also the third film in a trilogy that nobody knew it was a trilogy at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know. It's a trilogy? Yeah, Apparently, M. Night Shyamalan's yeah. Glass drops yeah. on uh, Okay, the so 18th. I know the one film. Tell me how this is a trilogy. So you know Unbreakable, certainly, yeah, of course. right? Yeah, Which was a kind of a uh, an incognito superhero film before superhero films were a thing. Like a grounded real world superhero film. It was, right. right. So Bruce Willis, he survived this train accident. He wasn't injured at all. And turns out he had some, uh, the ability to, if he touched someone, he could tell they're going to do something evil and he had the power to stop them. He was very, very strong, but didn't know how he got this power, but he did. And in that, he met Mr. Glass, played by Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. L. Jackson, right? Who who was kind of the opposite of the uh, superhero character that Bruce Willis played in that he was uh, very, very weak. In fact, his bones are very brittle. He had hundreds of breaks over the, his years. But he was genius. Man, but he was a super genius, right? He was <laughs> basically this evil genius. And then a few years ago, a great film called Split, also yeah. directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, that's the same character? Yes. Uh, the character I'm seeing in Glass is that character from Split. From Split, right. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. In the post credit scene of Split, you see Bruce Willis's character again in a diner, and on the TV is them talking about the Split character that escaped. And so now oh. you know they're in the same universe. Glass now brings together Unbreakable, Split, and all the characters from it in this third of these three films that you didn't know was a trilogy until now. I had no clue. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because it just looks good. I mean, especially, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, I mean, me and John both have like a, I don't know what you call it, like a soft spot in our hearts for him. You know, where yep. we, if he yep. has a movie, we're going to watch it and we may hate it, but we'll, yep. we'll watch it. I like it. him and I like where he's going. And even if he even if he stumbles, I don't rule him out. I like, I like exactly. his stuff and how he does films. They say that the, the Beast character from Split actually did appear in Unbreakable in the uh, train station scene, although it really? wasn't played by the same actor. So it was already something M. Night Shyamalan had in his mind that he was trying to build, even though he didn't oh, really? like tell okay. anyone. It was something he had written. So I have wow. to go back and watch we it. We shall see. Yeah, yeah. He's playing the long game on this one, and he finally got around to putting it all together. So I'm eager to see where it goes. Uh, just as long as he mm. doesn't pull out the I see dead people line in any part of this. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think okay. we're okay. And it loves <laughs> that the, uh, the secret weapon is not water. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's with endings that just bug the crap out of me. <laughs> I'm like, really? It's like, why would you come to Earth to save the planet? <laughs> why would you come to Earth if Earth is yeah, like 90% exactly. water? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to go visit the hydrochloric acid planet. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad plan. <laughs> After you take away the bread, cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, and mayonnaise, what have you got? Well, with Oscar Mayer Bologna, you've got meat and lots of it. 
Drawn and Paneled is a brand new comic book focused podcast from Gen X Grown Up. Hey, I'm George. And I'm Jason. Every Wednesday, we bring you news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary on the comic books we love. And we cover everything from the golden age to the modern age. If you're a comic book fan who enjoys going beyond the page to learn about the history and creators who bring the characters to life, we're for you. You can find Drawn and Paneled wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website at genxgrownup.com. Talk to you guys soon. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. If you have a friend who hasn't yet discovered Gen X Grown Up, tell them about us. They will thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to wrap it up for another edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Before we leave, I have to give a quick shout out to all of our patrons on Patreon. Corey and Jessica, Dana and Marcus, Stuart, Roe and Stian. We love all of you for supporting us over there. We couldn't do it without you. We wouldn't want to do it without you. We love people that want to support us and believe in what we do. So uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Oh, yeah. Also, I want to really thank Marcus for going to see the movie with you so I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I may have to refund his, uh, his, yeah, his that's Patreon donation so as, as compensation for having to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back in two weeks with a regular episode of our show, of course. But next week, we'll be here with a backtrack. And in this backtrack, we're going to be talking about discontinued snacks and candy. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those treats that we used to have growing up that you can't get anymore. So we hope you will join us for that show. Until then, I am John. George, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, always appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. And fourth listener, you know we appreciate you most of all. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Peace. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up. What the fuck? I can't hear myself. Which one of these buttons is? On the back of the Yeti, is that one of those is volume for the internal, isn't it? Uh, yeah, for the headset. Which one is that? There. Turn me up. There. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, you're louder. Oh, now you're louder. <laughs> was, oh, that, 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 was the, that was the gain. Sorry. That's yeah. The gain. <laughs> okay. It's on the front. It's next to the light. Oh, the front. I was turning up the other one. Fuck me. Okay. Let me, let me check my <clears> level <throat> thing. God damn it. I forgot it was. I never adjust that, but then I, I could barely hear myself. Testing 109876. Well, hey, podcast listener, my name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is uh, 
well, I don't know. I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts.